Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon. Welcome to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, and I'm here with you today to take your calls and texts live on the air. Calvary Live is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible or things going on in your life that you'd like biblical counsel on or you would like prayer for. We are here to pray for you and to talk with you and hopefully answer those questions you've had. If you've maybe been reading the Bible and something that you came across confused you or intrigued you, we'd love to discuss it with you and hopefully bring some clarity to an area where maybe there's been confusion. Give us some calls. Uh, Give us a call. Yeah, give us a call. The number is 303-690-3000. says 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-3000. 0897. Once again, the text line 720-336-0897. We want to welcome everyone who is tuning in from all different places today. One of the great things uh, that we've seen is how God has grown this Calvary Live family over the last several years. So I want to greet those who are tuning in in Colorado and in Wyoming on Grace FM as well as those of you who are tuning in on the East Coast, on Hope FM in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Maryland. And we also want to welcome those who are tuning in on Truth FM in Tennessee and parts of North Carolina and Kentucky. Welcome to the program. Just a reminder that those of you listening here on Grace FM in Colorado and Southern Wyoming, you are hearing the show live. And those of you listening on Hope FM and Truth FM, you're hearing the show on a one-week delay. So we want you to just know that, and we want you to keep it in mind. Um, But we also want you to call in and participate in the show, even if you're hearing it on a one-week delay or if you're hearing it live. Either way, we want you to participate and be part of this community of people seeking God and having our questions answered and pursuing the Lord together, seeking uh, knowledge and insight from His Word. And so those of you on the East Coast, those of you on Hope FM and Truth FM, you guys actually have a kind of a unique opportunity because of the delay. You are able to call in now with your questions about the Bible and have them answered. And then a week from now, you can tune in, maybe tell some friends to tune in and you can hear yourself and hear your call on the radio over the air at that time. We also want to greet those of you who are tuning in online. We know that many of you do that, especially now that many of you are at home, not as many people out in their cars right now. And so a lot of people have been tuning in over the Internet, um, and there are two ways to do that, and we want you to know about them uh, so that you can just have more ways to connect with us. So one of the ways is by just going in your browser on any of your devices, just in your browser, whether that's um, Safari or Internet Explorer or Chrome or whatever you use, you can just go in those, and you can... Um, you can just type in Grace FM into the search bar, gracefm.com, just right in there, and you can go to our webpage and you can watch live on the, or you can listen live on the webpage. The 
The other thing you can do, and I really recommend you do this second one, is that you get the Grace FM app. So we have a great app that's totally free for all of your mobile devices, so your phones and your tablets, and you can go and download that. Just type in Grace FM in the App Store for your device, and that will come up. It's free. You put it on your device, and then you will be able to listen anywhere in the world. And we know that people do tune in from all over the world. We just got some stats right now of people tuning into this show. Looks like today we have a lot of listeners up in the Pacific Northwest, as well as it looks like um, looks like is that Cleveland, Ohio area, and um, into New York City, up into Boston, and um, in, especially here in Colorado, we have quite a few people tuning in. But we also have people tuning in in France and in Ukraine. So welcome to those of you who are tuning in online, and I would encourage you guys. Um, Follow Grace FM on social media and share about it online with other people. Let them know that there's an opportunity here for great Bible teaching and for a question and answer time like this every weekday. And this is uh, an opportunity for people because of the Internet capability. They're able to listen to this radio station anywhere in the world. And so we really want people to know about it and benefit from it because God's doing a great thing here. And there's so many lives in Colorado and in um you know, the East Coast and Appalachian region who are being affected by Grace FM and through Calvary Live. And so we want to see that increase. You know, we just want to fill the airways. We want to fill people's hearts and minds with the truth of God's word, the truth that gives life. And so we encourage you to go on there and share about Grace FM with other people. Hey, remember, this is Calvary Live. My name is Pastor Nick Cady. And the vision of this show is to give you an opportunity to call in with your questions about the Bible or your prayer requests or things going on in your life that you'd like counsel on. The number to call is 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000, or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Let's go to our first caller, and then, then I'll talk a little bit more. So Amy in North Dakota. Hi, Amy. Welcome to the program. Hi. How are you doing? Um... A little sad. Okay. <laughs> um, my fiance and I are several hundred miles apart, and we just need prayers that we'll be able to get together soon. Okay. Sounds good. So you're up in North Dakota. That's great that you're tuning in. Are you tuning in online? Yes. Awesome. Okay. Well, let's pray for you and your husband to be reunited soon. Heavenly Father, we pray for Amy. And we pray for her fiance. Lord, um, it's hard to be separated right now. And um, we know, Lord, that you are with them. Lord, that you're sustaining them. And you can give them the patience to wait. But, Lord, we also pray that you would shorten this time. Lord, that they would be reunited soon. That they'd be together. And, Lord, that they could enter into that marriage covenant sooner than later. Lord, we pray that you would um, strengthen them, build them up. Lord, I pray that this time separate from each other would actually be a time of growth a time in which uh, things that they might have turned to each other for, Lord, that they would be turning to you for those things. And as they do that, Lord, you'd be meeting them in that place and causing them to grow like perhaps never before in their lives. I pray that especially as they prepare for their marriage, Lord, that you would be preparing their hearts in that way um, in, by, drawing them by drawing them to yourself. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay. Amy, Thank God bless you. Thank so you so much. Okay, bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. I'm here with you today taking your calls and texts live on the air. We have all open lines. It's a great time for you to call in with your questions, your Bible questions, and your prayer requests, your 
um, issues with your things in life that you would like a biblical perspective on, that's what we're here to do. The number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Uh, I'll just give you guys a few words about myself as we're waiting for some of those calls to come in. Um, again, my name is Nick Cady, and I'm your host here every Friday on Calvary Live. And I've been doing the show now for about two years. I used to be on Mondays for most of the time that I was doing it, but uh, just at the beginning of this year, switched to Fridays. Uh, I'm the pastor of Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, and we're a Calvary Chapel-affiliated church here in this city. And our church recently moved. And so for those of you who maybe visited us in the past, we want you to know that we have moved. Now, of course, right now, all of our services are online at this time. And we would love it if you guys are looking for, um, you know, Bible teaching and a way to grow at home. We'd love it if you would check out some of our videos and social media and then share those with other people. And so that uh, really as many people as possible can be blessed by uh, the things that we've been studying and creating here at Whitefields. But uh, we do look forward to in the near future, and we really hope it's sooner than later, that we're going to be able to gather once again as a church and so um, we'll be praying for that. Of course, you know, churches in Colorado right now, we're, um, we're waiting and seeing. It looks like it's probably going to be through the end of May we're going to be doing services online. Now, if that changes, I, mean, I know that we'll be uh, happy to hear that. But, of course, we too are committed to making sure that we um, flatten the curve and that we make sure that we're, you know, not putting people at risk unnecessarily. But at the same time, you know, God has made us for fellowship and we are embodied creatures made in his image and he's made us for embodied fellowship. So we really do look forward to the time when, you know, this as a temporary solution has been OK. But I know that many of us are looking forward to getting back to uh, physical gatherings as churches. And so uh, we're looking forward to that and we're also praying for that. But I'll tell you about our new location as our church. We're now located at 2950 Colorful Avenue in Longmont, Colorado. And that is just east of County Line Road and Highway 119, also known as Ken Pratt Boulevard here in Longmont. So if you're familiar with Longmont, you know that there is a big Walmart Supercenter on Highway 119 and County Line Road. And there is also on the other opposite corner, there is a new UC Health Hospital the Longs Peak Hospital here in Longmont. And we are just to the east of that Longs Peak Hospital on the north side of Highway 119, just east of County Line Road. And, um, you know, that's a great location for us. You know, we're, we're not the kind of church that moves very often. In fact, the entire time that our church has been in, in existence, which is longer than I've been the pastor there, it has been at one location. It was in downtown Longmont for a very long time. And we plan on being in this location for many years as well. So we would love it if you would check us out online, whitefieldschurch.com. That's whitefieldschurch.com. You can pray for us. There's information on there about how you can support our ministry if you'd like to. But we also encourage you just go on there, browse around, go on our social media as well. Um, if you search Whitefields Church or Whitefields Community Church on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, you'll find us everywhere as well as Twitter, of course. And um, you'll find us in all those places. And you can check out some of our videos that we've been producing, our teaching services and things like that. And if you find anything on there that blesses you, we'd love it if you'd share it with some other people. We just want to see 
things that are being born out of our church, the things that God's doing. We want to see them bless as many people as possible. So whitefieldschurch.com. And you can also hear me on uh, here on Grace FM every weekday at 2.30 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. Uh, we have a show that airs. It's our sermons cut for radio. So that's called Life in the Field is the name of the radio show. And it's an allusion to how we live our lives on mission with God in his mission field. And uh, again, weekdays, 2.30 p.m. on Grace FM Mountain Time and Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. So I'd love to connect with you in those places as well. Let's go to our next caller, Coach Nickel in Windsor, Colorado. Hi, Coach. Welcome to the program. Hello there. Hey, I, I'm going to ask a couple of questions, but, uh, but first, I was just curious. I want to tell you I'm thankful for you and every other pastor that's a part of this team that gets to share on Grace FM. Uh, my heart goes out for each of you and your fellowship. You're, actually, you guys are in my daily prayers. Uh, oh, I appreciate that. So Thank you. Really appreciate all that God is doing. Uh, I've been in ministry for over 44 years, but I was a teacher and a coach for 30. That was my tent making. But God turned me around when I was a little kid, uh, 18 years old, and uh, took me out of an addiction lifestyle to serving Him. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, I just wanted you to know I care about you deeply and every other pastor uh, that's a part of this Someday down the road, I would love to meet you. Uh, you're in Longmont, and that's yep. where my aunt, that's where my aunt used to live until she passed away about a month ago. Got it. Well, you know, where we're at now is pretty close to I-25, so we're kind of in between County Line Road and I-25, uh, so we're really close, accessible for you. Yeah, that's fantastic. Uh, one question I have uh, is when did you first step into your authentic personal relationship with Jesus? 16 years old, 1999. 1999. That's awesome. Someday when we can meet, I want to hear your whole story. That was a a, year, that was a rough year. Columbine happened that year. That's right. Yep. Yeah. We had, we had two kids that died uh, that year, two weeks before graduation. Well, no, that was 97, actually. 99 was when the Columbine thing happened, but God is working everywhere. One question. Here's the question. Okay. I know we're closer to the rapture, Jesus coming back a second time. I'm wondering if you have a full heart-blown posture on either a pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib, or pre-wrath rapture position. Yes, uh, I do. And, um, you know, it's generally held by Calvary Chapel, uh, pre-tribulation rapture um, view. And that is also pre-wrath, of course. Um, but here's, here's uh, I would tell you this. I find the mid-trib and particularly the post-trib rapture positions to be, um, I, I just don't, I don't see any good argument for them. I would say I'm, I find a better argument actually for either a pre tribulation rapture or an all-millennial position now i don't hold the all-millennial position but i think there's a better um, argument for it from the bible than there are for the mid-trib and post-trib rapture positions and i'll just kind of tell you why and um it, it actually isn't so much based on first thessalonians chapter 4 which of course is a go-to verse for a lot of people um i think that first thessalonians chapter 4 it basically tells us that there will be a rapture. Not everyone who is alive will die. Some who some will not fall asleep. They will be caught up and be with the Lord forever. Okay, so um, I I would actually say that the best arguments for the pre-trib rapture 
come from um, the Old Testament and the book of Revelation. I'll give you those examples in just a second. But for any of our listeners who are like, what the heck are these guys even talking about? Let me explain what I'm talking about. And that is uh, when we say trib, that's an abbreviation for the word tribulation, which is a time of great trouble. It's also called the time of Jacob's trouble. You know, so it's a time of great trouble that the Bible tells us is going to come upon the earth in the last days before the final return of Jesus. And the question is, will believers, those who are transformed, children of God, you know, saved, that will they go through the rapture or will they be caught up um, with God, taken up by God to avoid the tribulation? The word rapture simply means caught up and uh, some people would say, well, the word rapture is not in the Bible. Well, yes, it is. If you read the Bible in Latin, then the word rapture is in the Bible. But the concept is certainly taught in the Bible. And I would say this. Everybody actually who's a Christian believes in the rapture. They may not uh, believe in a pre-wrath rapture. They may not believe in a pre-trib rapture or pre-tribulation rapture or even a post-tribulation rapture. But everybody believes. Well, OK, let's put it that way. Most people believe in a. If they, if they don't believe in a pre-trib or mid-trib, they, they do tend to believe in a post-trib rapture. But the idea is basically this, that when will this happen, that we will be caught up to the Lord. So everybody believes in the rapture. The question is, when will it take place? And is it simultaneous with the return of Jesus? So that's the other big question, which is why I would say that the amillennial position uh, is, is pretty strong in this case, which basically says, that there's no differentiation between the rapture and the return of Jesus, that they, they are the same, one and the same. Now, here's why I don't believe they're one and the same, and here's why I believe in what's called a pre-tribulation rapture, which was your question there, Coach. First of all, I said we start in the Old Testament, and I think that you see a pattern in the Old Testament, in the book of Genesis, and in the book, well, actually, I'm going to stay with just the book of Genesis right now. There are two stories in the book of Genesis in which we see that God does not judge the righteous along with the wicked. So when judgment comes, and, th and I would also add Exodus. So let's add three stories that are foundational stories for the Bible. The first of them is the fact that Noah is, um, you know, there's this righteous man, Noah, walks with God, knows God, and God is going to bring judgment upon the earth. Now, I want to emphasize these are temporal judgments as opposed to eternal judgments, right? So we have eternal judgments that um, that are, you know, how we will be judged in the in the final in the final day at the day of judgment uh, unto eternal life or eternal death. Okay, but temporal judgments are something that God does throughout the Bible in the Old Testament and, and even in the New Testament where he brings judgment on people who are alive here and now. And we see that from these temporal judgments, for example, Noah is saved. So God preserves Noah and doesn't make him go through the temporal judgment that he brings upon the earth at that time because of their sin and wickedness. Next example is the story of Lot, that God wants to bring a temporal judgment on Sodom and Gomorrah, but before he does so, he removes righteous Lot. That's the name that he's given in the New Testament, righteous Lot and his family. And you might remember that Abraham prayed during that time, Abraham, of course, the cousin or the uncle, depending on how you read it, of Lot. And he prayed that God would um, not judge the city 
of Sodom and Gomorrah, he said, you know, if there are 50, if there are 30 righteous people, you know, he gets down to this number. And finally, the last number is like 10. Will you, will you not judge the city of Sodom and Gomorrah if there are found 10 righteous people in the city? And God says, okay, I won't do that. And then here's what happens. God ends up judging the city. And what happens? Well, there were, first of all, there were less than 10 righteous people in the city. And the righteous people who were there, God saved them out of there before he poured out judgment on the city. And there's this incredible phrase that Abraham says, which is very foundational for how we understand the rapture, at least from a pre-tribulational perspective, which says, you know, God, you are not a God who will judge the righteous along with the wicked. Okay, now last example well, I'll give you one more, is that before God brings judgment upon um, Egypt, right? We, the last final judgment, the 10th plague, the, the spirit of death that comes upon it, he leads the people out. So he preserves those people who are called by his name from that temporal judgment. And finally, I would turn to the book of Revelation chapter 1. Um, and Revelation chapter 1, starting in verse 19, it gives um, what I would say, and, and again, this is not just my idea that I came up with, but this is what uh, many Bible scholars would say. John is giving in chapter 1, verse 19 of Revelation, he is giving an outline for the rest of the book of Revelation. Here's what he says. Write, therefore, this is Jesus speaking to John, by the way. Write, therefore, the things that you have seen, those that are and those that are not, or I'm sorry, those that are, and those that are to take place after this. So what are, what is he saying? Three things. Those things which have been, that's the past. Those things which are, that's the present. And those things which are going to take place after this. So that word, the things that will take place after this, that in Greek is two words, and it is the words meta tauta, which simply means after these things. But it's interesting, this phrase, because uh, we don't have a great way to translate that phrase. We have to translate it, the things that will take place after this, right? Okay, so what we have is that that actually gives us an outline for the book of Revelation. Chapter 1 tells us about the things which he has seen, the past, and which is what? That is the vision of Jesus Christ. Then the things which are, and that is chapters 2 and 3, which are the age of the church. And there we have the seven letters to the seven churches. And then starting in chapter 4, verse 1, interesting phrase. How does chapter 4 begin? With these words in Greek, meta tauta. Same words as chapter 1, verse 19, which shows us that this is indeed an outline for the rest of the book. But what he's saying is, after these things. Okay, so again, meta tauta. So what he's saying is, these things are now the things which are in the future, the things which will take place in the future. And what does he say happens first? Behold, a door standing open in heaven, and the first voice which I heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, Come up here and I will show you what must take place after this. Meta tauta. That word, that, those two words, meta tauta, are used twice in chapter 4, verse 1. And he hears this trumpet, which is very similar then to 1 Thessalonians 4, which says that we'll hear the sound of a trumpet and we'll all be caught up to be with the Lord forever. So he says, I heard the sound of the trumpet. What is happening? He's experiencing the rapture. And then from heaven, then we see in Revelation chapter 4 and 5, he's in heaven with a great multitude of every tongue, tribe, and nation. And from there, 
they then watch the tribulation take place on earth. So I believe that what John got a vision of is that he got to preview, let's say, the rapture firsthand. That in this vision he had, he got to experience what is going to happen in the future when we are raptured. And then the tribulation period, this great time of trouble, takes place on the earth where God is pouring out wrath and judgment, which, by the way, on the one hand, is for the purpose of judging sin. But perhaps in an even greater way, it is for the purpose of giving one last wake-up call and opportunity for people to repent. And we do see that there will be many people who do repent and turn to Jesus during that time. So that's what I've got for you, Coach. That's why I hold well, that position. Yeah. Are, are you still there? I am. So what you just gave was a great uh you know, biblical point of view for a preacher physician, which is the position I had for many, 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 many years. And then God started nudging my heart to take every scripture and put it together and see which one it actually supported. And what was amazing is I saw a difference taking the whole counsel of God together, and I saw how a pre-wrath position is actually in the mix. Uh, it's something definitely to, to ponder and consider. Even when you pointed out Revelation, when John went up in the Spirit, God was going to begin to show him all this action. Guess what chapter it is when he sees all these people from every nation, every time? Was it right there when he went up, or was it further along after sure. the seals? Right, yeah. No, that's a good point. Fair enough. Which yeah. go in alignment with what Matthew talks about. So the only reason I'm pointing that out is because uh, it's amazing how God is going to do what he does. And uh, it, it's definitely something to ponder, whether it's a pre-trib or a pre-wrath position. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that is interesting. I appreciate that perspective. So, Coach, hey, thanks, and I look forward to meeting you in person. I look forward to I'll try to reach out sometime and maybe it be by phone or uh, maybe a Zoom meeting. Hey, perhaps. Yeah. And, uh, you know, hopefully starting in June, we'll be able to have uh, some some personal meetings in the church. Well, God bless you and thanks for the discussion. All right. Bye bye. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts over the air. The number to call is 303-690-3000. It's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Let's go to our next caller, uh, Lee in Baltimore, Maryland. Hi, Lee. How are you doing? I'm fine, Pastor. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I just wanted to let you know that your I listen to you on the radio. That's all I have. I don't have an internet. I don't even have a TV. And I just wanted to say what a blessing it was that people are listening to the radio station. Yeah, you know, that's great. We have some listeners here in Colorado. In fact, I have members of my church who, right outside of our town, you know, of course, the mountains begin right here at the end of town. And, um, and we have some listeners from our church who cannot get an internet signal where they live because they live kind of in the hills and stuff, but they are able to get the radio. So, um, you know, a lot of people have uh, pronounced radio dead, I think, a bit prematurely. I think that this uh, radio is still reaching a ton of people. 
I listen to it almost every day. That's the only way I can hear your program. So it's just such a blessing. If it was taken off the air, I don't know what I would do. Well, we have no intention of taking it off the air. And uh, oh, good. Okay. Yeah. Well, Lee, are you um, are you listening there on Hope FM? I take it in um, in Maryland. That's great. Yes. Uh huh. Well, very good. And uh, you know, we always encourage people to support your local Christian radio stations. Uh, all of them work off of donations. And so, okay. uh, you know, I would encourage you to pray about that. I will. I will. I definitely just, um, I probably would need your address. Okay, well, I think our producer can get that to you. I need to let you go because we are going to a break right now. We've reached our mid-show break, which we take every time in the show. Hey, if you're tuning in, give me a call. We've got open lines right now, 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. We'll be back in two minutes. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon. Welcome back to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts live on the air. The number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000 with your Bible questions and your prayer requests, with your situations you're facing that you'd like biblical perspective on. We're here to do that for you and to take your calls and your texts live on the air. The text line is 720-336-0897. That's 720-336-0897. Um, just before the break, we were talking with Lee, but we also had some prayer requests come in. I want to pray for a couple of these prayer requests that were texted in. Uh, first of all, we have a prayer request from someone who says this. Um, Please pray for the residents and staff of Colorado Veterans Community Living Center. Two residents have died, and seven residents and seven staff members have tested positive for COVID-19. I have a relative doing nursing work there. Okay, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we pray for the residents and the staff of Colorado Veterans Community Living Center. Uh, Lord, we pray for those who have contracted the coronavirus. Lord, we pray that you would heal them, that you'd restore their health. Lord, that you would take care of them. And Lord, we pray that you would protect them from spreading that virus to anyone else. So we pray for their families. We pray for them as they go home to children and spouses, Lord, that they would be kept safe. Lord, we also pray for the residents who've been exposed. And we know that with the um, incubation period of this virus, it's very hard to control. And so, Lord, we pray that you would be protecting people in that nursing home. And um, Lord, we pray that people would not be contracting the virus and would not be getting sick. Lord, we also pray for healing, and we pray, Lord, that um, these people who are there, as they are faced with this situation, Lord, we do pray for a great awakening and a revival amongst those, especially in the medical community, especially those who are in assisted living centers, Lord, as they are faced with um, mortality very close to them, Lord, we pray that they would be turning to you in, in great numbers so that they could have the life that is truly life when this life is over. And Lord, we do pray for just a great uh, turning to you. I pray that this time will not go down in history as the great pandemic of 2020, but it will go down in history as the great revival of 2020. 
And Lord, I think about what you said, Jesus. You know, what does it benefit a person if they gain the whole world and yet lose their own soul? And we, we apply that to this situation. And we say, what does it benefit a person if they uh, recover from COVID-19 or if they don't contract COVID-19 and yet they lose their soul? And so, Lord, all of the deep, important work that you want to do in our hearts and lives and our souls uh, and the souls of people around the world, Lord, we pray that you would do that, that your work would be unhindered, um, we pray that, Lord, you would bind the enemy and you would take those things which he has tried to steal and kill and destroy. And, Lord, you would re bring redemption and life and peace and joy in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for that prayer request. And uh, that's a good one right now. Very timely. So thank you for asking for prayer for that and getting us praying and seeking the Lord. Okay, you are listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts on the air today. The number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Hey, I want to tell you guys about something cool that I'm a part of. It's called... Expositors Collective, and I've talked about it a couple times. If you're a regular listener, you probably heard about it. But it, it's a ministry that is a, it's a growing network of pastors and leaders and lay people who are committed to raising up the next generation of expository Bible teachers and preachers. And what we do is two things. One is that we have a podcast that goes out every Tuesday. And I'd love it if you go and check out that podcast. I think that these things apply to anybody who is teaching God's word in any capacity. So maybe you're teaching a youth group. Maybe you're teaching a, a midweek Bible study. Maybe you're teaching in a children's ministry at a church. Or maybe you're, you're a pastor listening right now. Um, go on there. Just go into your podcast app, or you can go online, too, and just go to expositorscollective.com, or you can go in your podcast app and just type in Expositors Collective, two words, and it'll come up. Subscribe to that podcast and just browse through there. See if there's anything good. Um, I am often hosting episodes on there as well, and one that I did recently, we did one about ministry during COVID-19, and... Um, how it's different, just some tips for those uh, seeking to do ministry. The other one is we recently did one on preaching funerals. So even if you just want to listen in and kind of get some insight into the minds and hearts of pastors uh, around the world and what they're thinking and going through, um, we would encourage you listen into that podcast. But if you're teaching or preaching the Bible in any way, that's what this is uh, aiming to do is to help you in what we always call it your um private study and your pu public proclamation of God's word. So we want to aid you in that. So it's called Expositors Collective, expositorscollective.com, or go to the podcast store for your phone or for your device and just type in Expositors Collective as two words. It'll come right up and you can subscribe. It's on all the platforms, right? So it's on Apple, it's on Google, it's on Spotify, it's, it's everywhere. So you can get it. And here's the other thing we do. We do two-day training seminars. And we had one planned for next week, Friday and Saturday in Seattle. But of course, that has been canceled or indefinitely postponed because of coronavirus. And what we're doing instead is that this same weekend, this coming Saturday, we're doing a webinar. Now, this webinar is limited to the first 100 people who log in. That's, that's our limit. Um, we'll be doing it over Zoom. But if this is an area of interest to you, maybe you feel that God has called you to teach, maybe you are teaching in some capacity and you want to grow and do it better. Um, if you 
you know, are just exploring your calling from God, and maybe this is an area where he's gifted you or blessed you, um, or maybe is calling you, then we want you to join us for this webinar. And the theme for it is Spirit-Led Preaching in a Changing World. And two of my good friends are going to be speaking at it. So it's, it's going to be online, but there will be um, short presentations, and then there will be kind of panel discussions that you can listen in on. It'll be interactive. You can send in questions and interact. Uh, those people are Brian Broderson and David Guzik, who are just you know very experienced Bible teachers. It's so much wisdom, so much experience that we're going to learn from these guys. So to get involved in that, go to expositorscollective.com, and you have to email directly. The email address is linked there on the website, and um, you have to email us in order to get the login info. And the reason we're doing that is because maybe you've heard about this thing, Zoom bombing, right? Where people like go on to public Zoom meetings and they um, do things that are not nice and inappropriate. So we want to avoid that. So in order to do that, and because we do have such a limited uh, number, we're only able to take 100 people. Um, we're just asking everybody to go to the website and email us. The email contact, of course, is on the website. And you can email us and get the contact info, and we'll send it to you and just be one of the first 100 to log in, and you'll be part of it. So check that out. Okay, let's go to our callers. We have Jerry in New Jersey. Hi, Jerry. Welcome to the program. Hi, how are you? Doing great. Good. Well, I have a question. Um, and I was reading Isaiah, just thinking, just kind of reminiscing. And I was just thinking how um, the Father, God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit are three, are all in one, and how it says in the Bible that Jesus Christ is sitting on the right hand of uh, Jehovah God. Mm -hmm. When we get to heaven, will there be God and Jesus, or is it just one? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I, I will tell you a few things that the Bible says about it, and I'll give you my opinion. And then when we get there, you know, let's find each other and we can figure, you know, we can have a good talk about whether or not we were right. Okay. <laughs> so um, here's what I would tell you. It says John, the revelator, right? He um, talks about his view of heaven. And what does he say? He says, I saw the lamb as slain from before the foundations of the earth. So it seems to me that what John is seeing is Jesus as a separate person, as a, you know, he's seeing him separate from the Father. So I guess I don't have a whole lot more to say than that. But I think here's another example is that we see a manifestation of the three persons of the one God at the baptism of Jesus as well. Of course, we see the dove descending from heaven. We see Jesus in the water and we hear the voice of God speaking from heaven. And so I will say, this is just my, my inclination and assumption and my conclusion based on uh, very little information from the scriptures. And that is that I think that we will see them as three separate beings. Of course, um, the one God who eternally okay. exists in three beings. And I'll give you one more example. Mm -hmm. In Acts chapter 7, do you remember uh, what happens in that chapter? is that Stephen gets stoned to death. Yeah. And at the end of the chapter, do you remember what it says? He looked up to heaven, and who did he see? He saw Jesus calling him to come up. So it seems to me that they are uh, separate 
persons and that they are seen as separate persons in heaven. Oh, okay, makes sense. I kind of thought that, but I wasn't sure because you kind of got a little mixed up. Not mixed up, but when it says the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the Trinity of one, and then I got to thinking, well, wait, you know, there's Father God. He's sitting on the right hand. Yeah. And then when he makes intercession for us, he goes before the Father to make intercession for us. So that's all yeah. I said, but thank you. But I was wondering yeah. if you could pray for my son, Art. Sure. Okay. He keeps coming back and forth. He's never really got rooted with the Lord. He comes for a while, drifts back off again. Just pray that um, I've been praying that, you know, that he would just come to know the Lord in a real way. Instead yeah. of this back and forth playing games. Okay, yeah, that's a great prayer, and let's do that. Let's agree together with everyone listening. Heavenly Father, we come to you together as, as people listening to this program right now over different mediums. And Lord, we come to you and we ask for Art's salvation. We ask, Lord, that he would be saved. And Lord, we ask that you would draw him to yourself. Lord, even if Art isn't seeking you, I thank you, Lord, that there are examples of that in the Bible where people like Paul the Apostle were not seeking you, but you came seeking after him. And Lord, I pray that you would pursue Art and that he would respond by faith. Lord, we pray that he would not harden his heart as the Israelites did in the wilderness, but Lord, that as he hears your voice speaking to him, that he would respond by faith. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, thank you. and God bless you. Amen. God bless you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Listening to Calvary Live, my name is Pastor Nick Cady, and uh, this is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible, your questions about theology, things going on in your life, your prayer requests. We are here to answer those questions and to pray with you. The number to call is 303-690-3000. It's 303-690-3000, or you can text us at 720-336-0897. One of the things, you know, I've, I've recently, I, I often get emails and things like that in response to our shows here on Calvary Live. And one of the ones I got recently was from somebody who was asking for more clarity on the Trinity and what it is that Christians believe. And, you know, one of the great uh, summaries of what Christians believe about the Trinity historically is called the Athanasian Creed. And it, it shouldn't be confused with the man Athanasius, but Athanasius was a guy in church history who definitely argued for and proved from the scriptures, convincingly so, that Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are, um, are all distinct persons within the one God. And of course, this is not something like the Bible doesn't say, and God's a trinity, and this is how it works. No, but it tells us it in many different stories, vignettes. It tells us it in different ways. And so when you put all those together, what you come up with is a uh, understanding that God is a three persons in one God. And, and so what the church did, and this is around the year 1000, is that they wrote what's called now the Athanasian Creed. And it just outlines it, right? So there can be no confusion at all. So let me just read to you guys a few words from the Athanasian Creed. Uh, it says this, that we worship one God in Trinity and Trinity in unity, never blending the persons nor dividing their essence. For the person of the Father is a distinct person and the person of the Son is another and that of the Holy Spirit still another. 
but the divinity of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is one, their glory equal, their majesty co-eternal. What quality the Father has, the Son has, and the Holy Spirit has. The Father is uncreated, the Son is uncreated, the Holy Spirit is uncreated. The Father is immeasurable, the Son is immeasurable, the Holy Spirit is immeasurable. The Father is eternal, the Son is eternal, the Holy Spirit is eternal. And yet, they are not three eternal beings, but there is one eternal being. So too, there are not three uncreated or immeasurable beings, but there is one created and immeasurable being. The Father is Almighty, the Son is Almighty, the Holy Spirit is Almighty. And, and so it, it goes on for quite some time on this way. It almost sounds like reading a legal document, but it is helpful because it outlines, and this has been, you know, this is the accepted creed on the nature of the Trinity that Christians agree on. And so it even says at the top, this is what Christians agree on. And if anyone desires to be saved, they, they must hold to the universal Christian faith, and then it explains it. So um, I would just encourage you, if you're interested in more on that, just Google Athanasian Creed. Athanasian Creed, and I'm reading to you from the Athanasian Creed as it is recorded on the Christian Reformed Church website. So you could check that out. Uh, let's go to a text message that came in. And this text message says this, Hello, Pastor Nick. Myself and my 14-year-old daughter are Christians, and my daughter wants to be baptized. However, her dad... My ex-husband is not a believer and becomes very angry at the idea of her wanting to be baptized. Should she pursue getting baptized? God bless you, Pastor Nick, and thank you for reading this text. That is a tough situation you're in. My heart really goes out to you. Um, I do have an opinion on this. Here's my opinion. I think there are two ways to go about this. And both ways end up with your daughter being baptized, by the way. But option number one, uh, you wait until your daughter is 18 years old. And then she uh, makes it clear that this is her will and desire and it's not you doing something to her. Uh, this is her wanting to follow Jesus and be baptized. Uh, that is one way of doing it. Now, personally, I would say that that might be the easier way um, from a, you know, getting along with your ex-husband perspective. But I don't actually prefer that that option. I'll tell you what option I prefer, and I'll tell you why. I would encourage you to encourage your daughter to make sure that this is her decision, and if it is, to pursue it and to pursue it boldly, and to pursue it um, and to make sure that her it's communicated to her father. So I would try to remove yourself from having any kind of influencing role in this, in the sense of you, you have already, a, of course, introduce your daughter to the Lord and encourage her and you're, you're going to tell her what's right. But I really want you to put this decision in her hands because the essence of this is that you're saying that she is a believer and of her own volition, she is making a public statement that she desires to follow Jesus. So I would say definitely put that in her hands and, and have her own that even before her father. And I think that that is really going to strengthen her. And I'll tell you why. Having some pushback in our Christian life is really important and I think it's super healthy think about this if you're lifting weights and the weights there's no weight behind them right it's just super easy and you're not your muscles aren't going to grow and in the same way we need some degree of resistance in order to grow and so it's healthy for us to have even some resistance um, to our Christian faith I remember when I became a Christian at 16 years old as I was telling the caller earlier um, you know, I was one of very few Christians who I knew in my school, and some of my friends were not very um, 
supportive of my decision to become a Christian. And actually, that made me want to do it more. You know, it was at that time where um, I was really into punk rock music, and I actually became convinced that the most punk rock thing you could do, meaning the most countercultural thing you could do, was to follow Jesus. Um, and, and I'll tell you why, because even the punk rock lifestyle, right, is all about um, conforming. You're still conforming. You're conforming to the other punk rockers. There's a great movie, and it's actually it's actually maybe not a great movie, but it's a movie, and it's called uh, SLC or Salt Lake City Punk, and it was popular in the late 90s when I was a teenager in high school. And I don't really recommend that anybody watch it, but I will tell you the, the theme of the movie, which will which is actually a great theme, um, but it will save you the time that you might have wasted watching the movie. So the theme of the movie is that this guy's a punk rocker. He lives in Salt Lake City, and he comes to this conclusion after a while that no matter what you do in life, you are conforming to some model or mold. And so the question is not, how do I be a nonconformist? The question is, uh, which model and mold is the best for me? Which one is the most life-giving and healthy? And he ends up uh, actually leaving the punk rock lifestyle by the end of the movie. And... Um, I think that that is exactly what we realize with Christianity is that everybody's trying to be um, unique, but in the same thing, every time anybody's trying to be unique, they're still conforming to something else. And why not, in that case, conform to the one thing that's actually life-giving, conform to the image of Christ, conform, submit yourself to the maker of the universe who, when you submit yourself to him, he gives you life. Now, that's a bit of a tangent, but I'm just telling you this, that some resistance to faith is healthy for faith in order to grow. So I want to encourage you to encourage your daughter to own her faith and ask her those questions. You know, are you willing to be baptized even if you know that your dad is not going to like it and he's going to be angry? Um, you know, is this really your faith? And I think that if it is and she makes that decision on her own, this is, you know, this is going to be incredibly powerful in her life. The other reason why I'd say that she should do it now rather than waiting till she reaches, you know, legal adulthood is just because um, baptism is a form of Christian initiation. And I think that it is better for her to do that Christian initiation sooner rather than later and declare herself, you know, a full fledged member of the Church of Jesus Christ. So let's pray for you and your daughter as you navigate this difficult situation. Heavenly Father, we pray for this dear uh, sister and her daughter as they seek to navigate this tricky situation with a ex-husband and um, a divorce and raising a daughter, co-parenting. Lord, they need your wisdom. They need your grace. Lord, help them to be faithful to you in the midst of this situation and help them to know, Lord, is this the hill that they should fight on or is this one where they should wait? And, and Lord, if it is, this is the right way to go. Lord, we pray that you would give this young girl, 14 years old, the endurance, the conviction, and the strength to stand up under this. And we pray that the resistance that comes against her faith would be something that is really, truly fruitful and life-giving. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys, and uh, thank you for writing in. Let's go to our next caller, Dan in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Hey, Dan, welcome to the program. Hi, thank you. Yeah, I was listening to the uh, last week's show because it's delayed here in Philly. And I heard someone call in about whether they should pray if it's God's will to heal somebody. And it's something that I've talked thought about a lot. And
and I have not, I can't find any verse anywhere in the Bible where somebody asks for healing for themselves or someone else, and they're told no because it's not God's will. Mm. I can give you one example. Um, yes. I'll, I'll actually give you two examples. Uh, one of them would be in Second Corinthians chapter twelve, where Paul says that he had a thorn in the flesh, so some sort of affliction, you know, and um, he doesn't say exactly what it was, but uh, the words he uses to describe it are pretty, you know, lead us in a particular direction. For example, a thorn that he describes is not like a prickly thorn, like on a rose bush, but it is uh, the thorn that's the size of a tent stake. And he says that it was given me to buffet me, which literally means to punch me in the face, right? Like, so he said, I was given this thorn in the flesh, so something in his body, uh, a messenger from Satan to buffet me or punch me. And, um, and he says that I prayed on three occasions that God would take this away. And God said, no, essentially, I mean, the word no is not in there, but essentially God says, no, he says, no, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. And therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness. So the power of Christ may rest on me. So there's one example. And um, another example is in Second Timothy 4, verse 20. It says, Erastus stayed in Corinth, but Trophimus I have left in Miletus sick. Now, again, I'm assuming that Paul and other believers would have prayed for Trophimus to not be sick anymore. And yet, um, he is staying in Miletus sick. I, I'll give you one more example. of. Um, I, I can also give you some examples of times when God um, didn't answer people's prayers in the Bible for different reasons, but they weren't necessarily for physical healing. But I'll give you a few other thoughts on this, is that Literally everybody who has died, whether they, if they haven't died in an accident, like a car accident or falling off a cliff or something, right? If they've died of natural causes, those natural causes are essentially a form of sickness or malady, right? So cancer, um, lung disease, COVID-19, for example. And um, if people in the Bible times died, right? Like if people even in Jesus's time died, and in the time of the apostles, it means that not everybody who was prayed for, unless they didn't pray for them, which, of course, we don't really know. So we're having to assume. But let's assume that they probably did pray for them. I mean, if they knew that they could pray and people would be healed, they probably prayed for them. And in some cases, those people still died. So um, those are some thoughts. I'll give you one last thought on this, is that there's a guy in Acts chapter 3 who sits at the gate of gate called beautiful in the in Jerusalem and that gate called beautiful if you go to Jerusalem it is like one of the main gates that Jesus would have walked by very many times and yet this man was crippled and he begged there every day and now this takes place right this is like a hundred days after Jesus has died and resurrected and they walk by this place and this crippled man is still there um, one of the you know, discussions was, was this man there when Jesus um, was walking? And if so, does this mean that Jesus walked by this person who was sick and did not heal him? And it would seem to me that the answer is maybe. Again, we're reading between the lines here. So um, I'm just giving you some kind of examples. I appreciate it. And I've heard a lot of these things brought to my attention when I've 
ask people about this before, but again, it just it just seems to me that God, Jesus, or Paul, or nobody ever said that God said you can't be healed because it's not my will to heal you. Mm, mm. I mean, we can read things in this stuff. I, I'm a firm believer in trying to see exactly what the Bible says. Sure. What did a word say? It's sort of like, uh, don't think more highly of yourself than you ought. Mm. It's like of yourself was not in the original writing. Those were mm-hmm. those words were added by the uh, the King James translators. Mm. So uh, sometimes I, I like to read the Bible sometimes and omit those words that are in italics, and it often gives me like a, a maybe not a different meaning, but a, a deeper understanding of what. Paul, what God was saying through Paul or James or whoever it might have been. In fact, James isn't even James, it was Jacob. Right. But that's another story. But thank you. Thank you very much. I'm glad. This is something that's been on my heart for a long time. And, uh, you know, I, this, 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 I think there's, there's no answer to this, like whether God, Jesus walked by him before. What was it like the guy that uh, was waiting for to get, he couldn't get down into the water? Sure. Well, yeah, and and I think that's a good way to read the Bible. I and I, you know, here's what I think we can kind of end on because we do have to end the show right now. But it's just this: let's be people who boldly ask God to do great things. It honors God when we ask Him to do great things. So let's do that. Let's not have to give Him caveats. Let's just ask Him to do great things. So let's end with that. Heavenly Father, we ask you do great things. Heal do miracles we ask in jesus name amen hey you've been listening to calvary live my name is nick katie check us out online whitefieldschurch.com or read my articles at nickkady.org i'll see you next week god bless you you've been listening to calvary live tune in next time for prayer and god's word